Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arskadden coming to you live from North Carolina. And today we want to praise the Lord wherever we're at and in whatever situation we are in. As we today, I want to hopefully lay the groundwork of what the future looks like. And there was some prophetic understanding given this past week from Chuck Pearson. I want to play two clips. First one um, has to do with Israel. And then the second one, I want to actually close out one to tell us where he sees and he feels like the Lord is telling us where we're at. And I think would which would go in line with a lot of the prophetic we're getting um, at Christian Center. And we're aligned with Chuck and, and we don't stay so super close to them because we have our own ministry and things that the Lord's telling us to do. But I think it's interesting just to see how the Lord works um, and is communicating with several people um, in the body of Christ in this nation and around the world about what is to come. And before I do that, the the understanding of why we're praising him where we're at is found in Jeremiah 29. And I want to read the first several verses of that chapter because it really gives us a good understanding of how to have this mind frame of praising the Lord in whatever situation we may find ourselves in. Because as we see here in Jeremiah 29, the Israelites were then in exile in Babylon, and they received this prophetic message. And it goes on to say in verse 1 in uh, Jeremiah 29, it says, Now these are the words of the letter which Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the rest of the elders of the exile, the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Um, I'm going to skip to verse 4, where it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, and plant gardens, and eat their produce. Take wives, and become the fathers of sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, and multiply there, and do not decrease. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will have welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets who are in your midst and your diviners deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams which they dream, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. And it's very interesting to see that kind of today you're hearing a lot. The question is, should we... Obviously, you test the prophecy to see if it comes about. But ultimately here back um, in verse 6 and 7, you see take wives, living a life of... I mean, to have children to think about providing for them, you need to have some form of peace. Um, and ultimately to have that, we need to gain praise. And But I continue, and here's the, the portion I want to 
mainly focus on here is 10 through 14. Obviously, we've heard verse 11, but we need to take it in its full context. It says, For thus says the Lord, When 70 years has been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then, and and, and this is where we need to continue, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. And through this, you see, you can see how the Lord is sending the Israelites on a journey of a heart transformation, not just an inspirational journey to do what he, you know, has asked them to do, but a transformation of, hey, this is where you're at. This is where I want you to go. These are the plans I have for you. Plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. And so as we go through this season of what looks like uh, calamity, of understanding that that's not what the Lord would have for us. Now, it's a heart recognition of, look, we still have to seek him. We have to search for him with all of our hearts as we see in Song of Songs. And so remind ourselves of that and praise him through this journey that we are on to have that place of peace, to have that place of, of desperation for relationship with him, to be able to walk out um, whatever authority the Lord has given us and walk out with the authority the Lord has given us in today that, that the Lord has given us. So I said I wanted to start off with um, the, one of the first prophetic words Chuck gave about Israel, um, I want us to l listen to it because I think it's it's very, very key about building upon how, why it's important um, to really. And he talks about it a little bit about why it's important to pray and watch what Israel does. It's about a minute or too long, and, and so here we go. This year. Israel will be in war for the future. Now, hear what I'm saying to you. Israel has been sort of, since COVID, March 2020, sort of like this. We are, Daniel and Amber have been so involved with Israel. We have always been for 40 years involved with Israel. But these last three years, it's been sort of like this. Next year, things shift. If you read your email, the Lord showed Daniel and Amber that we will, they will have make the center available for teams that come through us that are aligned with us to go and worship there. And it will be worship just like we experienced this morning. Because the altar must keep burning in Israel. Because big war is ahead. And they are warring for the future. Because the final war ends there. Now, hear my words. 
They are warring for the future. And every nation is affected. Therefore, we want to watch them very carefully in the year ahead. We want a war with them. And that's the key purpose of what we're doing here, of praying for our president <laughs> to make sure that he would be and this administration will be warring with Israel. Um, you got to kind of read into what he's saying there. Um, he doesn't go on to say he goes on a little bit more longer about this. He doesn't necessarily go on to say that, you know, they'll be in a physical war. Maybe it's a spiritual war. It's just they're in a war. It could be all the above. Um not to throw anything out that's not there. And it's very possible. But the big war that they're going to have is um, in their coming um, elections, again, later this year, that are going to be something to pay close attention to. And then with the Iran nuclear deal and everything going on in the region, again, things to pay attention to. And this is why it's important, because what he said is, is what happens in Israel affects the rest of the world. Excuse me. And so with that understanding and that prophetic, we want to look at a few things that are happening right now um, involving the U.S. leadership, European Union leadership, and the leadership of Israel. So we've first starting off with the Iran nuclear deal. We have seen European um, – this was last week – mentioned it a little bit but we've seen european and u.s officials come out and say they ha they now see a fading prospect of the iran nuclear deal revival we've also seen the administration say they want to go ahead and sign it um there's a split here between as you see the picture here for those watching uh, u.s secretary of state anthony blinken and the rest of the biden administration the biden's handlers if you want to call them that where the Biden handlers, Obama 3.0 administration, wants to go ahead and sign this deal to get back into it because the original deal was the kind of their um, hurrah flag that they loved to, to tout um, with no good fruits involved in it at all. But Blinken is saying things like, look, this deal, because of how Iran is bad faith negotiating, it's not going to most likely happen. So that's kind of still up in the air. And even EU officials are saying that, France, Britain, uh, Germany as well. But it's still to be determined what these nations are going to try to do. And then this week, as we speak now, you have the current prime minister, Yair Lapid of Israel, going to New York for UN General Assembly, where the Iranian president is possibly might be there um, and other nations might be there and as there are protests and things going on in Palestine in the West Bank um, Lapid is set to meet with Jordan's King Abdullah on Tuesday today uh, ahead of the 77th UN General Assembly as well as other officials and the question that comes to mind is, is it too little too late for what might be going on in the conflicts in the region? Because this is one of the things Benjamin Netanyahu, when he met with Lapid, because Lapid and the government tried to, you know, they want to talk to Netanyahu because he understands 
the international scene a little bit better than they do, more so a lot better than they do. And Netanyahu came out of those meetings more worried than he went in before because he understood and he realized that Lapid and the current government that is in office in Israel has no idea how to deal with the international world and the fact that they need to be in relationship with them, and they're not, and they haven't been. And so we want to pray for, again, this administration, um, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, pray for the administration, and, and the people of Israel as they come into a season of another elections. And so they're going to have a decisions to make which could affect the rest of the world um, in who they decide. Do they put in a government, a lame duck government like this, or do they put in someone like a Benjamin Netanyahu who's going to build relationship? Might be confrontational, might cause some conflict, but at the end of the day, he's the person you want in a wartime. And unfortunately for Israel, they're always in a wartime just by the very nature of who they are and the spiritual battles that they don't re they may not realize they're fighting but they are fighting and so we want to um again repent for the biden administration we're going to continue to repent for this because they're working towards this every day of splitting the state of israel towards a two-state solution and getting back into the iran nuclear deal continue to pray for the peace of jerusalem um as scripture tells us and then intercede for the biden administration military leaders to have the fear of the lord when making decisions and discussing israel and iran as we're seeing some things kind of tip off now with between Iran and Israel and those others involved um, with that uh, political dialogue there. Now, on continuing up on the Biden 60-minute interview that aired on Sunday, is now seeing that the White House has pretty much walked every statement Biden made back. Um, that's pretty disheartening as a, a sitting there seeing a leadership just being cut off at the knees of everything he said. Number one, it shows that he is being handled um, very mightily when he is, and I think everyone, that's very, very clear. It's just another example of that. Uh, but then two is that Biden, when he is sane and when he is talking free and open as he was in that interview, uh, is a lot better. I'm not saying he's perfect, but he is a lot better uh, than the Obama 3.0 administration that is handling him and telling him what to say and what to do. Um, and obviously he's going along with it for whatever purpose and his family's allowing him to go along with it, uh, which is very sad to see just the state of his mental capacity that he is in. But the biggest, biggest kind of response not from necessarily the white house but from china is that they've no, they came out yesterday and said that they are going to give stern uh, representations with the united states and talk towards biden's comments as saying that that the u.s has seriously breached the important commitment the u.s made to not support taiwan independence and send a seriously erroneous signal to taiwanese separatist independent forces um, and then a response from the Taiwanese Minister of Foreign Affairs said it extends a sincere appreciation to President Biden for once again emphasizing the staunch and rock-solid U.S. security commitment to Taiwan. So there's a, obviously going back to the Nancy Pelosi visit to Taiwan, causing some conflict there. Biden is continuing along those lines of, you know, we're going to support Taiwan, etc., now it's okay. Now we we sit back, we wait, see what the Lord's trying to say in all this, see what's see what's happening here. Um, 
And how involved might Israel be in this with the fact of China is very closely tied into this Iran nuclear deal and with what's going on with anything in Iran and even with what's going on um, in Russia and Ukraine as they kind of take a kind of a backseat on this stuff. Uh, and you have other things that, that Biden talked about that the White House pulled back on uh, declaring the pandemic over. <laughs> you have which there's a uh, political article that talks about how uh, it seems that the White House was caught off guard by that. Uh, if you saw Anthony Fauci talk about how um, they need to be planning for future, et cetera, funding, all this stuff. Um, so some interesting things to see there that's happening with this administration. And then next segment, I want to talk about the the very simple fact around the Lindsey Graham abortion, 15-week abortion ban. And he brings it out, and he says this in an a, a interview with Fox the other day, and the article is titled how the U.S. must take reasonable steps to protect unborn and reject inhumane abortion policies of China and North Korea. And, and that's the purpose and, and that, that should be the focus, and that should be the debate. We, we see the 15 GOPs, senators who have signed on to a letter saying that they don't agree with it, um, but in reality is the Democrats want the Women's Health Protection Act. And Thursday I have a video that I've recorded uh, that goes into depth of what is actually in that bill, what the bill would actually mean if it were passed, and really seeing how this soft versus hard totalitarianism is shifting from a soft, what it has been, of getting society to bring pressure versus now it's the government is taking actions to make itself more a totalitarian, hard totalitarian state in order to give them authority to, to enforce laws and things of that nature. So uh, that will be Thursday that I have that video coming. But this is this is the point of, of what Lindsey Graham is saying here, is we need to start having this debate. If we have this red wave, if, if, if we need to fight, fight a fight for the Lord, this is the battle. This is the hill to die on. Because it leads into other things. It's not just about abortion. Even in the Women's Health Protection Act, it's about LGBTQ rights. It's not about a woman. It's about a personhood. It's about um, any other person but the baby. And, and why would we want to, as Lindsey Graham is saying here, why would we want to be even in line with anything that China and North Korea is doing on this inhumane front? And, and so this should be the campaign trail. This is a, a motivating factor for those who are pro-abortionists and something voters need to be aware of and, and what's coming in the days ahead. And so we need to have these conversations and continue to have them in order to shift the narrative just around the idea of having and allowing abortions and the quote-unquote women's health in order to shift the focus to pluck up, put down seeds, adoption, and the life of the child. And, and that needs to be the focus. Okay, how can we help? You say, you know, their big claim is, is well, how can you bring a, a child into the world when it's hard and all this blah, 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 this stuff? Okay, it's expensive, whatever the case may be. Let's stand by them. Let's support them. However, the child comes into existence, whether it's by agreement or not, is let's help them through. If it, if it's economic, let's help them. If there's trauma, let's help them. And, and the church has been doing a good job of that. And that needs to start being the shift to the rest of the world. 
And I want to go back to what Chuck says is in line for the season ahead. And and he talks about this, and and I want to put this out there because we need to understand this as we see the season that we are in. And I think it will help us be able to shift our focus um, and just remind us of where we're at to be able to have and rest that peace and rest in the Lord for the directions that we're going and and really understand that it's a time to really hold strong to our faith. And he even talks about that in the portion that he speaks about from this past Sunday. If you haven't watched it, I would go back. If you don't have a subscription to Glory Zion TV, they allow a week to watch um, replays of the last sermon. And he really does a, a, a interesting perspective of laying out, obviously for the season ahead, as they're getting ready for the turning of the the Hebrew calendar year. So I'm going to play this portion of what he talked about. Um, this is in timeline before he talked about the Israel thing, but I think it's very interesting and, and something to, for us to hold on to as we see where we're at and where we're going spiritually in this nation. Hey share this word. When Penny sent this word this morning, I was amazed. Brian, you can show it as I read it because it really summarizes the year ahead. We are entering into more intense times. But God... And I want to say that. is That's what he lays it out is. Okay, that's where we're headed. But listen to what he says next. This is very key. This is redemptive. Hopefully this can give you a peace and a hope for this intense time coming ahead of, of us. Guys, don't get bogged with all that. Don't get overwhelmed by the government and the elections and things that are way beyond you. God is in control. We sang it today. We felt him today. He's right here with us. In days ahead, you may seek for me and feel you can't find me at first. I must but know this that I am there. I must speed this up a little bit just so we can get through this. Know that I am moving mightily on your behalf, operating in mercy, moving against unrighteousness to bring justice. I am protecting my people and calling forth others to reach out to me. I have heard your prayers. Do you think he is deaf? (laughs) Some of you pray and pray and pray and pray and pray, and that you can work yourself to death with that. Many will have their worlds rocked in days ahead in ways they never could have imagined. Do not fret, my children. This must happen. All must be revealed for evil to be exposed. The enemy has moved freely behind the scenes for years without being exposed. I have seen, I have watched, and I have waited. Now is the time that I will move. Go ahead, bro. Know that I'm not a God of chaos, although things will seem chaotic. Know that I won't do any more than is necessary to accomplish what needs to happen. What must happen for evil to be exposed. This will begin quickly. It will seem a suddenly to many, but it's not. It's been in the works for a long time. (laughs) This has been work even before the previous Trump administration. 
of exposing, dealing with the swamp per se. Uh, Chuck's even talked about how even when Trump was president, some things had to happen so that the water could be lowered and then we would see. He, he said this at the time. He says when the water was lowered, you would then see another layer. And I think there's still layers upon layers that were that God is revealing and God is aware of this. So that's a hope uh, of something to hold on to. But then he goes on to say as he's reading this prophetic word. I will not be mocked. I will not allow my people to be in bondage. Amen. Look at somebody and say, thank God for that. I came to set the captives free. Yes. This wickedness has held my people, my children, in bondage. It will not continue. Hallelujah. This too shall pass, but wait in the fullness of what I am doing. Watch how I move. Wait on my timing because I will need you in this season. Look at somebody and say, get ready to be called up. Mm. Okay, that's good. And it's amazing how God works these things out. Uh, because I didn't plan to do this video and then the, Jeremiah 29... It's just God working in mysterious ways. But I think if you tie them together and look at how even in Israel's time of captivity, God tells him, be fruitful, be multiply, marry, give your daughters and sons uh, away into, into marriage. Seek the welfare of the nation and the city that you're in. And so I think that's, that's a, a good way to close on of no matter where we're at, no matter what situation we're be, even as Israel was taken away in bondage, is they were, were told by the Lord to seek the welfare of the city. And, and so we, we want to do just that very thing. Obviously, um, we don't worship a man. We worship the Lord, Christ. But we also want to understand the authority that the Lord has given us, the ability to stand up, pray for the office of the president, and, and, and while we pray, be faithful to act on the works the Lord has given us the ability and the authority to act upon, which is to vote in these coming midterms. And, and it leads towards our final prayer point of the day of let's continue to intercede for the voters ahead of these midterms to not only vote, to but vote upon, based upon biblical moral values. And there are a lot of organizations out there doing a tremendous job of getting believers, number one, to get registered and then to start learning about some of the policy decisions that certain politicians stand for based upon biblical moral values. And the reason we, we I say that is because it's, it's easy to look at several issues. First being, how do they stand on life? It, that can tell you a lot about the rest of their policies. Um, and then Israel. If you didn't pay attention to any policies, pay attention to those two right there because, and the First Amendment, obviously. But if you pay attention to a politician on life, that tells you whether they have a proper discernment on a bunch of other issues. If they can't value and stand for the value of life, and now, you know, obviously marriage now is a big one in the five foundations that Todd talks about. But those three right there are are huge. And, and now with the LGBTQ type stuff and the school board stuff going on, it's very easily clear to see where politicians are and where they stand and where some might say they're this but in reality when you ask some questions about these five foundations or you see where they stand in these five foundations it all crumbles and then you can see why the rest of their policies would cr would crumble even if you don't understand it it, it is listen and have fear of the lord um, when making decisions and hopefully voters as well can do this and, and again there are many organizations doing a great job throughout this country to stand up for biblical moral values and to educate voters on that as well as we all need to it's a time for 
us to continue to stay involved, to be involved. And that's why we're here. Hopefully informing, hopefully uh, uh, being an, an encouragement to you guys as you guys are an encouragement to us of joining in with us. And so I'll close with that today and, and thanking each and every one of you for staying here uh, on this entire episode, listening for, for those of you who do on podcasts around this country, around the, around the world. And um, don't forget today we'll be back with our new prayer. We weren't unable to do an episode yesterday due to travel, uh, but we'll be back today in our Sanctuary and Christian Center Shreveport and then back on our regular schedule throughout the rest of this week. So blessings. Don't be... Don't forget to like, share, subscribe wherever you're listening to, and be leave a five star review for listening on podcasts. It really helps us um, share and, and get the word out about how important it is to seek the Lord in this season of war that we are now entering into, but to have the peace and understand that that, like Chuck said, the Lord is in control. So blessings, and I'll see you guys later. Have a good one.